Welcome, everybody, to the Joe Random Sports Podcast, a famous name from MLB The Show Career Mode started a group of fantasy leagues years ago. And today, we gather with longtime Joe Random, Stephen Thayer, and Matt Ramirez to talk all things sports with other Joe Randoms. Our special guest, Rich Hamilton, returned to the show. We hope you enjoy. And remember, just keep swishing and don't strike out. All right, welcome everybody to the Joe Random Sports Podcast. Steven Thayer, Matt Ramirez, alongside Raider Rich, Rich Hamilton, back on the podcast with us. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at Joe Random Sports Network or Joe Random's SN. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So, guys, it's good to be back. Little check in, Rich, since we've had you on last. How are things going? Yeah, Matt Steven. Uh, thanks again, guys, for having me on the pod. It's always a pleasure to jump on here with you guys on the Joe Random Sports Network. Man, this this thing has sure grown from the uh, timely article published and the league pages. You know, now we're all over social media. You know, even Blogspot, we're on there. Um, I've been freezing my hind parts off here with the blizzards in Tahoe the last couple of days. Um, I'm spot. I'm sporting the uh, Tahoe Amish look at the moment with the facial hair. It's a seasonal look, limited time only. <laughs> um, only three more months of uh, winter up here, though. It uh, seemingly it seems like we're uh, living in history at the moment. Now, the coldest and snowiest winter in Tahoe since 1952. Uh, I moved up to Tahoe in 2016, and my first winter here was pretty gnarly at 490 inches on the mountain. This year has already surpassed that, over 500 inches in climbing. we got several more storms on the way between now and mid-March. So if you're a skier or a snowboarder, loves the powder, now's the time to try and make your way up to Tahoe. Conditions are mint. Just do your trip research before coming on up. Driving's a little squirrely at the moment. And uh, yeah, book your stay with R&R Vacation Rentals. <laughs> Thank you for the weather report, Raider Rich Hamilton. Uh, meteorologist back, back, to, back to you in the studio network. Stephen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah uh for those of you who are not watching right now uh, rich does have our joe random sports podcast background i love it uh, we should make that into a blanket a curtain and so we we have it <laughs> for us to use as well uh but yeah i hope you uh you stay warm out there and and for those in the joe randoms uh, I just recently posted all of the archived articles dating back to 2012, and there are quite a few quotes and reminders of how unruly we used to be as a bunch. Uh, Matt, you were at the center of a lot of that controversy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> if anybody uh, needs a laugh every once in a while or a, a dose of nostalgia, as, as we like to, to get, uh, you, can, you can check the Facebook page. But uh, good to have you back, Rich, for sure. Yeah, so I guess yeah, we're about a month removed from the Niners' fate being sealed in that NFC Championship game with the elbow injury to Mr. Irrelevant and the concussion of the fourth string quarterback, Matt Steven. Have you guys had any type of closure on this NFL season yet, or are we still harboring hate toward the city of brotherly love here? I I had I can't speak for my partner Steven, but I had closure that the uh the minute that Brock went out of the game. So maybe what was that? Early in the second quarter. So from then on, it's just been a, a slow healing process. I'd like to hear my, my partner's thoughts, though. <laughs> it, it is a slow healing process for Trey Lance and for Brock Purdy. I mean, Purdy, especially at this point, I mean, still has swelling in his elbow. He wants to get that internal brace, but they can't operate until that inflammation goes down. So that original six-month timeline where I don't know where people were getting that from, uh, that's pushing to not just training camp, but that's pushing close to week one at this point. And that's if the surgery goes down. So it's only a matter of time before Kyle Shanahan announces Trey Lance as his week one starter. And that's going to hold true until Purdy is quote unquote healthy or until uh, Trey Lance gets hurt. Um, so it's uh, it will be fun to monitor in the offseason. Then I'm glad you brought that up, Rich. Yeah, closure on the NFL season. That's going to be some of our episode today. Um, we still have more NFL talk as we get into the as free agency and the draft, but uh, we wanted to wrap up the 2022-2023 offseason. I don't know. With the little grumblings of Tom Brady on retiring, who knows what's going to happen this offseason. Um, some quarterbacks just got out of a very dark place. 
Um, some have started to, started to enter the light. So uh, it's it's quite the offseason we got coming up in the quarterback carousel. Quarterback carousel. Uh, we'll get your guys' takes on where everybody's going to end up, including Lamar Jackson. But first, I want to review our predictions from the beginning of the season. We had the three of us on here. We did an over-under prediction for every team in the NFL, and we also did our preseason predictions. Uh, you can always go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, they're, they're fun. We got a lot of sound bites. We're going to play a few of them here as we get on the show. Uh, so let's start with the over-unders. Uh, we had 32 picks. The results were as follows, 18 of 32, 15 of 32, and 17 of 32. I mean, if we're in Vegas, we're, we're pretty much breaking even, it looks like. I got a bad feeling about the 15 number in my name being associated with it, but uh, I'm excited to hear who it is. The uh, prediction history on the Joe Random Sports Podcast hasn't been kind to you, Ramirez. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what this is. We're hovering around 500, much like the Washington franchise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Uh, yeah, Matt, you were 15 out of 32, um, so it's uh, it's too bad. And uh, win some, lose most, right? <laughs> and in this case, yes. Uh, <laughs> I was 17, and Rich was 18. So congratulations, hey. Rich, on uh, getting the win there, 18 to 32. So I mean, you know, you you put five bucks on every one of those in Vegas, and you do come out on top if you do that next year. <laughs> Yeah, it's just really hard to, um, you know, accurately predict the NFL, you know, consistently, you know, so, you know, credit to guys like Fish that can do it, you know, and make it look uh, easy with sports ethos. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the one that you guys really butchered was the Chiefs. I have to give you crap for that. Both of you guys took the under on 10 and a half. And of course, they exceeded that uh, tenfold. <laughs> you, you, oh, I've been owning up to that all year. It's uh <laughs> I, I I don't know what happened, but except for the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so now our preseason predictions. So just to remind our listeners, we went through every division. We picked the winners. We picked the wild card teams. We picked MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, we made some bold predictions, and we also uh, predicted Rookie of the Year's. And then, of course, our Super Bowl teams. So the way that the scoring went was if you got the playoff team in the right spot, meaning you had to correct division, correct wild card, you got two points for that. If you got them in the playoffs but in the wrong spot, you got one point for that. Uh, you got three points if you uh, were correctly you, – if you were correct on an MVP, one of those award winners, and you got five points – if you were, if you got a bold prediction correct, and Super Bowl teams were worth three points each, if you were correct in the Super Bowl winner, that was worth five points. Um, unfortunately, none of us predicted the Super Bowl teams correctly. <laughs> none of us had the Chiefs nor the Eagles, so we don't have to worry about that. Off of the bat, in terms of points. We had a totals of 24 points, 16 points, and 21 points. Uh, if, if you want to remember who might All right, we, we get it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, of course, you were 16 points. I'm sorry. This was a miserable performance. I mean, this was... Not my best. This was tough. This was tough. Your uh, your best prediction was Sauce Gardner DPOI, so you got three points for that. Technically, one of your bold predictions is still in play. Uh, you said Trent Williams would be a top three in the one, top one hundred going into next year. So uh, you, I don't think he's I don't think he's getting it, but he's <laughs> he's going to be top ten hopefully. <laughs> oh, he's got to be top ten for sure. Monster left tackle. Yeah. Rich, you did uh, very well. You ended up winning with the 24. Again, uh, you were very good on your playoff teams. Uh, you, you got most of the playoff teams correct, uh, 10 out of 14. So very nice job there. I ended up with 21. 
uh, didn't didn't fare so well with my playoff teams. But uh, some of the highlights, guys. Uh, Rich, you correctly predicted Justin Jefferson, player offensive player of the year. That was a nice one for you. And uh, let's play your your bold prediction right here. The Washington Commanders actually come on out and finish 500 or better. Not bad, Rich. How about that? Yeah, they you know couldn't finish above 500, just right at 500, just to get the prediction right on there. Um, you know the definition of mediocrity. It's not where you really want to be in sports. Um, Washington, you know, making the move here with uh, Eric Bieniemy coming on in as their you know primary play caller coming on in next year. So. Hopefully they can improve on that eight and eight and one record in a 17 game season. 17 game season. You predict a 500 team is pretty impressive. Rich. Have a, <laughs> right. have a, have a year predicting wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll go ahead and play one of my bold predictions. Michael Thomas doesn't play more than four games. And sure enough, Michael Thomas played three games. <laughs> I know, Matt, you were you were like, that's not even bold. <laughs> but <laughs> I just can't believe this guy was the best receiver, arguably, in football for, I don't know, from 2016 to 2018 and just completely fall, fell off the map. It's just sad to see. Yeah, that year that he put together on uh, the hospital franchise is pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, so I got five points for that. And, uh, I also correctly predicted Nick Bosa defensive player of the year. So I was happy to take the points there, but, uh, that was really all of the highlights. Uh, a, a lot of our other bold predictions, uh, were quite comical. In fact, uh, we'll play one of yours, Matt. Um, Matt Ryan leads the league in passing yards. <laughs> so what do you think about that one? The Niners getting them next year or what? Oh, that's crazy. I, somebody must have got some good AI on me. Cause that, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those deep fakes are penetrating deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, it'd be great if he's the Niners QB coach. In fact, QB three, that'd be, that'd be fine by me. Well, obviously a tough year for your guy, Matt. You did salvage a little bit. You did make uh, a prediction on another Matt, as this is the theme here, Matt making predictions on Matt's, uh, and that was, of course, on Matt Rule. If those two keep, if those two keep Matt Rule's job, they should uh, win that <laughs> award for sure. Speaking of overrated coaches, coach of the year? Yeah, I guess your bold prediction should have been he was going to get fired halfway through the year, but I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I guess I was thinking it. I should have just claimed it as one of my bold predictions. That's for sure. It's. Uh, I thought it was pretty obvious going into the year where where they were headed and uh, where did he end up? Nebraska. Yeah, that's correct, Matt. You are absolutely correct. He's the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers now. Nebraska has, I think, three of the top five recruits going on a visit to Nebraska quite soon, and it could. And one of them's a quarterback who defected from Ohio state. So there's some, yeah, yeah. There's some... <laughs> uh, we'll have to get uh, Josh Pranger, our college football recruiting expert on the show to, to discuss that. But uh, yeah, no kidding. I am so pumped for the Niners to get Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Coaching the defense, right? Higher. I mean, I'm not saying the Panthers should have made him their head coach, but, man, he's going to be great for us in our system. I think uh, there's going to be, hopefully, no drop-off from D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, he's plugged into the uh, the uh, head coaching prodigy role of uh, Niners D DC or OC, so he's in a good spot for him as well. Uh, I, I was shocked kind of like uh, Rich Passaccia last year with the Raiders. I was shocked that he didn't get the gig, but Carolina went another direction, and uh, we'll see if it's the right choice. It's yeah. really rare when the interim head coach gets the title removed, right? Like, it doesn't matter how good you do. Like, Rich Passaccia finishing the season out with the Raiders, uh, Steve Wilkes with the Panthers, you know. What, what's it going to take for one of these guys to land a job, you know? 
I, it seems like it's impossible, but well, I guess we'll see one of these years. Especially when you're hiring Jeff Saturday, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Right. The, the, the qualifications for these positions, it's, you know, I, I was listening to somebody on the radio that was talking about how you can't just have players transition into coaches or GM roles or it, it just doesn't work like that. There's a hierarchy for every position within an organization. Strength coaches are not going to become GMs. It's just not a thing. You work your way up the chain of a strength coach. Like GM guys work their way up in like sports analytics and sports business and you know, head coaches work their way through the coaching ranks and scouting. It's, it's, you can't, it's just so hard to, to make that jump from a different profession. Right. I mean, my, uh, my tax guys out there or my business personnel guys, it's like, you know, if you're a CE or C what's the, what's the, if you're a CMO in sports, it's completely different than a CMO in a, in something else. I don't know if that makes sense, but totally. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to go from, uh, the technology sector to uh selling mattresses per se so uh (laughs) purple mattresses purple shout out purple mattresses shout out their neck technology on their pillows um but yeah it's it's just you got to work your way up you have to learn the ropes so i think that's a great point in uh paying your dues as a head coach for sure and this podcast is brought to you by purple mattress so big shout out, Braden. Big shout out. <laughs> uh, all right, Rich, I want to ask you a question and we'll lead this into our, our segue or this will be a segue into the next discussion. All right. Have you coped with what the Raiders were doing with Derek Carr and the unfolding of Josh McDaniels handling the quarterback situation, the offseason? What do you think the Raiders do at quarterback next year? Uh, what I think they do and what they will do are probably two different things. Like it always has been um, <laughs> since the beginning of my fandom. I don't know, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, no, I, I I don't agree with how they treated Derek Carr. You know, he was he was a good soldier, um, but uh, you know, at a certain point, I guess you've got to you know take a swing and and try and do something different. And if you're going to go for a championship and you know that Derek Carr is, you know, borderline top 10 guy and you don't think he's going to get you there, then you got to make a move and getting rid of that, you know, 45, $50 million salary to kind of help build the team around that and kind of, you know, frees up some space for them going forward here. I, I think that they're going to pay Josh Jacobs. I don't necessarily agree with paying the running back, but you know, this might be um, an, an exception to the rule there. If you're going to bring in some sort of young quarterback or, you know, go the way of draft and develop, you know, I think, you know, that's the way I would lean. I think they're going to end up signing Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and I'm just not too, too excited about that. Wow. Do you think, do you think that's an upgrade, Rich? No, 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 not an upgrade from Carr. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, will he know the system? Yes. Will he be a stabilizing force? Sure. Will he help win them a few games? Sure championship no way absolutely not yeah in the, we were talking about the business world and that's definitely a lateral move for them at quarterback in terms of moving uh moving pieces around but i think, think they draft problem, any, you, you think they draft anyone uh i i hope they do um maybe wait later in the draft to kind of wait for one of these uh late guys um, get a guy on a rookie contract that balls out and then build around him. I think that's the way to go going in today's NFL. It's just too much money to pay these damn quarterbacks nowadays. Um, especially ones Aaron Rodgers, he wants to, you know, throw you in some darkness retreat and throw you through all these hoops and stuff like that. Like who wants to deal with that? Just get the guy on the rookie deal and build around him. Get build the beast. Yeah. We'll get to, uh, my quarterback theory in an, in another episode, but it's it's going to be a crazy offseason for the Raiders. They got to do something. You said a lot of things there, Rich. I, first of all, don't think they're going to re-sign Josh Jacobs. I think he's expressed some discontent, and I don't know if that's the financially responsible thing to do, uh, despite how good he is. Uh, I think, unfortunately, they're going to have to say goodbye to him. They drafted Zamir White last year. They have some potential there. Uh, I like the Jimmy take. I that was a spot that I think is possible for him. And I know Andrew has expressed 
somewhat content with it because let's face it, the Raiders are not going to compete next year. It's just not going to happen with the current roster that they have. And you could sign Jimmy on a one year, $16 million deal, pretty much what the Niners did. Now he may not go for that, but I think that what that could be what the market demands. And so if you're the Raiders, you, you do that. And then maybe you do draft that guy in the second, you know, couple rounds later. I, I think it's a very viable uh, scenario. I mean, you could go with uh, Hayner from Fresno State in, in the next couple of rounds and, and make the keep the Fresno State thing going. But uh, Jimmy with J- uh, Josh McDaniels uh, may not be a bad solution. So Monta Vista, class of 2016, a shout out to Jake Hayner. <laughs> All right. So. So th- this is good. So moving into where all these quarterbacks are going to end up. And Rich, you and and I've done this as well. We pinpointed about, I don't know, eight or so teams that are in desperate need of a quarterback. The free agency market is not very good right now. I mean, you're talking, you know, Baker Mayfield is a prize in free agency at this point. Uh, you're, you're down to Baker Mayfield, Taylor Heineke, uh you know, Sam Darnold, <laughs> Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, like Toby Brissett, Gino. Yeah, Gino. Well, yeah, that yeah, we'll talk about Gino. But I mean, really, the prize of the free agency is, is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's 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 just there's not a lot of options. So uh, a lot of people would argue it's Derek Carr, right? Or, that stands would at argue the that. moment, yeah, until he signs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, off the top of my head, I can think of the Raiders, Buccaneers, Texans, uh, the Colts, uh, Panthers, Jets, Commanders, Saints, you know, they all need a quarterback right now. And what you only have like three or four of these guys, Lamar, Derek, uh, Gino. And then after that, you're looking at Jimmy. Um, it's a huge drop off. Well, let's okay. Let, let's rein it back in just a little bit. So <laughs> There are some of these guys that we can almost assume that they're going to go back to their their old teams, right? Now they're not they're not free agents yet per se, right? There's a there's a lot of rumor out there that Gino's going to get get some money from Seattle. He'll hang in there. Uh, Rogers is not a free agent right now. Uh, there there's a few few teams like like Lamar is still not a free agent, so we don't know. Um, these teams are not in needs of quarterbacks just yet, right? So that that's where, but of, of course, uh, the speculation being on the move—that's what the the media is talking about. Let me ask you guys: if you were to, if you were to just, if we had a big board here and just pick and choose where everybody goes, uh, Rich, you want to start, and then Matt, maybe you want to go as well. Yeah, who? What quarterbacks are we looking at? Should we like stick to like four or five of those big okay. actual free agents? So let's let's not talk about the quarterback. Let's talk about what the team is going to do. So those teams that Rich, okay. was, like your Ravens, your Packers, your Jets, your Raiders, you know, the, the teams that he listed go through those. Yeah, I think the Packers stay put. I think Rodgers uh, either comes out of the darkness and plays or Love is their quarterback. Uh, Jets, I think, probably go in the direction of Carr. If I had to guess, Geno stays put uh, in Seattle. New Orleans drafts someone. Uh, trades up and drafts someone. Obviously, Houston uh, will draft someone. The Bucks. The Bucks are an interesting one. I can't see them writing out Kyle Trask, so I'm going to say they get a bridged quarterback and then draft someone in the second round, maybe third round. I can't really see Jimmy going to the Raiders. Just in my head, I can't picture it very well. So I'm going to say Jimmy goes to the Panthers and the Raiders draft someone. Did I miss anyone there? Well, there's the Commanders and there's the Ravens. Ravens, I think Lamar stays put. Um, They either let Huntley play and he won't play under the tag or Lamar just plays under the franchise tag. Um, And then Commanders, (laughs) Commanders are an interesting one. Say like Hendon, Hendon Hooker in that range. Rich, start start with the commanders, and you know I know you have some words about Eric Bieniemy, and then uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson for, and then we'll go to your rest of him. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, the commanders, 
Uh, right now, Sam Howell's their QB1. That's not really exciting me at all. Uh, Eric Biamni is coming on in there as their primary head, you know, play caller, assistant head coach. You know, this is a guy that has interviewed for 16 different head coaching spots, the Jets being the only team that's interviewed him twice. Now, I'm just wondering how this guy isn't a head coach yet with the resume he built with Kansas City. You know, I, I feel he's picked a tough place to try and, you know, succeed with this lateral move to Washington. Out of all the available jobs around the league the last five years, you know, you decide to go to Washington during this hiring cycle. It, it, it strikes me, I don't know, out of a move of desperation, maybe, you know, attempting to try and prove his own critics wrong, you know, trying to look him dead in the eyes and prove without a reasonable doubt that he can run his own offense without being in the shadow of Andy Reid. Um, you know, Kansas City barbecue chicken, Andy Reid. Um, is it the most desirable location? I don't think so. You know, they finished last season at 500, not a fan of ownership. You know, I think Daniel Snyder is a D bag. Um, Sam Howell, QB1. You got Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke out the door. Uh, it's a damn shame that the enemy has to basically take this job out of necessity in order to earn his stripes, um, to even be considered for a future head coaching gig. Um, you know, it's it's hard to ignore his credentials at the end of the day, though. And at the end of the season, the head coach, Ron Rivera, GM, Martin Mayhew, they both sat down. They reiterated they wanted to run the ball at a two-thirds clip, 66%. And now they hire a you know, offensive coordinator that's going to pass, you know, j- just came from a system that passes 66% of the time. So I don't see how any of this makes sense. I don't see how it's going to fit. Um, you know, you... you, you hope in one hand and, and shit in the other and see what fills up faster. <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. Nobody's forcing Eric the enemy to take any different OC job and to go to Washington of all places. He must have some master plan drawn up in his mind because I really don't understand it, but to each their own. Yeah. It's just strange how Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, Brad Childress can all get head coaching jobs being under Andy Reid's offense, you know, but the enemy can't get there, you know, despite getting, you know, to the AFC championship five times at a minimum and winning the Super Bowl twice. I I don't get it. Brad Childress. What a name. All right, Rich. So with all of that being said, what is, what about Lamar Jackson? hypothetically, if the Baltimore Ravens don't franchise tag him and he becomes a free agent and he signs with Washington, that's interesting. That, that That's interesting for Washington to go with that defense. Uh, Ron Rivera has got that end basically nailed down. I don't know how that offense is going to go. I know they got, you know, Scary Terry. They've got, you know, B-Rob. Uh, I think they need some more reliable weapons, though, um, maybe at the tight end position uh, if they want to take a step forward and contend here. Uh, but making the move with Lamar would be a huge step too. Okay, so so here here's my whole thing. And first, I want to give some the listenership with all the Lamar Jackson talk. There's a lot of these non-exclusive versus exclusive franchise tags, and oh, the two two first round picks. I want to clear up the situation that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are in right now. Okay. Basically, the deal is the Ravens have till March 7 to apply a franchise tag to him. Uh, You can apply two different franchise tags, one or the other. That is a non-exclusive or an exclusive tag. The non-exclusive tag means that you get to pay the guy the average of the position of the last five years, excuse me, the average of the top five quarterbacks over the last five years, which is $32.1 million right now. That would be basically a one-year deal until somewhere mid-July, the team has to sign them to a long-year – they can sign them to a long-year deal or he can play for that one year. However, when you do the non-exclusive franchise tag, that means that he can negotiate with other teams and they can make him an offer – and the Ravens will have the opportunity to match that team's offer. If the Ravens refuse, Lamar Jackson can sign with the other team, and the Ravens will get two first-round picks in compensation for that. So that's the non-exclusive tag. The exclusive tag is basically the Ravens paid Lamar Jackson $45 million for this year. It's not the average of the last five years. 
it's the average of the the south the average salary of the position going into this year the top five guys and of course Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen all these guys jack up the price so Lamar Jackson would get paid forty five million this year to play one year for the Ravens now there's no other teams that he would negotiate with he'd be locked in for the year however Lamar Jackson can sit out if he wants to until September without penalty. And he could pull a Kawhi Leonard and just sit out and not play. Um, but in September, he would begin to lose game checks if he didn't want to play. Uh, with that, the Ravens can do that, but they would be in the exact same situation the following year, and then they would be strung for $55 million. And at that point, it's like, okay, Lamar is another year older. You're, you're just going to go through the whole same song and dance all over again. So what do the Ravens Steven, do? Steven, real, real quick, does it go against their cap if he doesn't play? It would have to, I would assume, right? They have they yeah, already they tag him that salary. Yeah, that salary is tagged in there. That's a, tough, that's yeah. a tough choice. Yeah. So, or, so those are the franchise tags. Or you could resign him. Now, that's what they're trying to do, reportedly, as of now. And John Harbaugh has said, he's my guy. Want him to be here. He's also said this is a business. Uh, Lamar Jackson famously represents himself like Roquan Smith. So he's directly in contact with the GM. It's a very interesting situation. So <laughs> talking about the pros and cons of all of these things, I mean, we just outlined some of the cons of the $45 million. And, of course, you're out $45 million. That's a big that's, – that's a lot of money. Uh, so, okay, the non-exclusive tag – you know, there's there's a little bit of risk there because you do you do risk losing Lamar Jackson. And some people say, well, screw it. I don't want Lamar Jackson. I don't want his injury. We have somebody in our league that really thinks he's a liability. Uh, excuse me. Lamar Jackson is the best winning percentage in the NFL since he's came into the league behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the offensive numbers are dramatically better when he's on the field. And, and you can look anywhere to find these numbers. And when Lamar Jackson got hurt, the, the, the numbers just, they, they, they went down to the crapper. So Lamar Jackson is good. The Ravens need Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's pretty well-known fact. Yeah, you have to have a decent quarterback in this league. Now, do they have to have a superstar quarterback? The Ravens are probably the one franchise that's proven you don't need a superstar quarterback. And so they do have some ground to stand on in that regard. Uh, but they may be the exception to the rule. I don't know. You can also argue they had Ray Lewis on the past defenses. They don't have a Ray Lewis defense, but it's still a good defense. Nonetheless, the Ravens can try to resign him. Lamar Jackson wants a boatload of money. He wants the Sean Watson guaranteed money. And I think the Browns are absolute genius for paying Deshaun so that they don't, they block the Ravens from signing Lamar Jackson <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> what, like the, the Browns are so stupid. They're fiscally irresponsible. They're, they don't know how to run a franchise. <laughs> you play a guy who hasn't even been on the field. He's got the off the field issues and you give him a fully guaranteed deal. And Lamar Jackson's like, I'm not, I'm way better than Deshaun Watson. And so the Ravens are like, yeah, but that was a bad move. And Lamar's like, I don't care. That's not my problem. So it's a, it's this weird back and forth. Clearly a Lamar Jackson is worth better than Kyler Murray, better than Deshaun Watson. Matt, you and I probably have him as the sixth best quarterback in the league. I don't think that's really unquestioned, you know, but yeah. everybody above and behind him, you got to pay that guy. And everybody in the locker room are saying the same thing. They don't, they don't mind that Lamar stepped away from the team because they're like, hey, this guy's putting his life on the line for us every day. You know, he's risking himself, injury, you know, paid the guy his money. He deserves it. Uh, of course, there's injury risk, you know, three years down the road. What does Lamar's game look like? I, I get all of that. But the Ravens are clearly better when he's on the field. So outlining all of these situations, there's really, there's really no win-win. You're either going to be out a lot of money you're going to either lose him to another team and then you're going to be scrambling at quarterback or you're just going to kick the can down the road. So it's like, to me, this is a ticking time bomb. I don't think anybody really messed up. I mean, maybe the Ravens messed up. They should have paid him last year. Um, Absolutely. But they, Absolutely. Yeah. They clearly don't think he's a long-term guy, which is why they didn't pay him last year. 
And so I almost think in the most common tag is the non-exclusive tag. I almost think the Ravens will do that. They will risk losing him to another team because they can accept the two first round picks and then draft the guy that they want. John Harbaugh can develop the quarterback into the system. Uh, I almost think they would risk doing that. Uh, the, The Atlanta Falcons have been rumored to be one of those teams that could absolutely thrive with Lamar Jackson and be totally okay with giving up the draft capital. So I think the Lamar Jackson situation is fascinating. It's uh, it gets me, obviously it's gotten me pumped up. And now going back to the commanders, rich, I think this is just such a perfect spot for Lamar Jackson. And I, I think it makes sense like, and now, now here's the thing. They get the enemy and the enemy and Ron Rivera have both come out and said that Sam Howell is our guy. After one start, they said Sam Howell's our guy. His fifth round quarterback, you know, it's, 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 this could be a Mitch Trubisky for all we know. He's our guy. And I think that's just so foolish. I can't see them doing that. Ron Rivera is in a contract year. He has a losing record as a head coach. How could he go into the season? you got to make a move if you're that franchise. If you want to compete in that division now with Philly and, and the Giants potentially on the up. Uh, obviously the Cowboys are always decent. So if you're the commanders, if you get Lamar Jackson, you are an instant contender in the NFC. I know Rich, you said you don't think the weapons are that good, but they're better than Baltimore. I mean, he had one guy. Absolutely. He had one guy in Baltimore. And now not only does he have Terry, he has Jahan Dotson. The Ravens could build around him. Uh, I think Brian Robinson's an emerging running back for that team. Yeah. So the great defense I think Lamar Jackson and the and the commanders make a deal, even though they said that he's our that Sam Howell's our guy. I think that's just it's just a stupid, it's gotta be a front. I think the enemy and and Ron Rivera said that because they were convinced that Lamar was gonna re-sign with the Ravens. And and maybe they know something we don't, which maybe he will go back to the Ravens. But once they, but maybe once he becomes actually available after the tag, I think the Ravens uh, trade with, to the Commanders. I mean, with everything with Lamar at this point is hypotheticals at this point, whether he's getting out of Baltimore or not. I mean, Mike White's got more skins on the wall right now than a Sam Howell. I mean, how can you go with that at QB one? At um, now, there's some question marks there. If they can shore up that quarterback position, which about a dozen other teams are looking to do um they'll they'll be in a better spot for it um we really only have a handful of guys that are out there that can really truly make a difference there and probably a dozen teams that are looking Uh, so it just goes back to simple math at this point um you know what are these teams going to do and what teams are getting left out in the dust basically at the end of the day and having to scramble and draft or trade for a quarterback i'm I'm kind of torn on this. On one hand, I always like to see players get paid. I think that's always fantastic. And everyone who wants to seek the most money they can should. But I would also, in the uh, ethos of sports, I guess, these days, is like the players own all of the power over the owners. And I want to see a team take a stand. I want to see them exclusive tag Lamar two years and either make him play or make him sit out two years. That's what I want to see because these guys have power to request a trade. And then once they request the trade, they can decide what team they want to go to because otherwise they won't sign the extension. So I just, I would love to see a team dig their toes in or dig their boots in the sand and say, Nope, you're sticking with us, whether you like it or not. If you don't want to play for two years, so be it. We'll eat 90 million. It would be fascinating to see that. Lamar's career would be ruined if he didn't play for two years. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, we saw Michael Vick go to prison for a couple of years and Andy Reid did some work with him. Um, I, w- I wouldn't completely rule that out, but I see where you're we've also we've also seen another ex- uh, elite running style quarterback who has sat out for two years and came back a shell of himself. So it's a coin flip, man. And if you're playing roulette with your career, I wouldn't be. I sure as hell wouldn't be. But 
If you give Lamar the long-term deal, if you give him the long-term deal, how is it different from any of these big baseball contracts where it's you give him 12 years and the first six years are great, but the back half of that contract's crap, you know? What's what's the difference here? Because Lamar isn't a quarterback that can eat up $50 million a year and win a Super Bowl. He has to have a great team built around him. We can talk more about that on the QB episode, Stephen. I have a theory on this, but we can get into that later. Oh. Wow. Um, you know, you, with the point of the sitting out, it's, it would be unprecedented for the NFL. Um, to, It'd be awesome. It'd be theater, right? <laughs> uh, it would definitely be a, a trendsetter in that regard. You know, if, if he does play in that exclusive tag, that 45 million, it could very well be possible that he just did. He just sits out like the last few years, last few games of that season, because he doesn't want to risk getting hurt. And, you know, then he loses the money the following year. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. You guys, by the way, off, but did you see the Charles Barkley comment about uh, you're getting paid 70 million to play basketball three to four days a week? Like, come on, man. There's a lot of blue collar people out there that would absolutely play. You just don't want to play today. Yeah. <laughs> talking about crazy, load right? management. Yeah. yeah. Like if I'm Lamar and I have $45 million sitting on the table, but I quote unquote, like and refusing to play on it. Think about the lifestyle he's living. Can he afford to lose out on that much money? Are sponsorships going to be enough to carry him over? Like there's so many factors that go into it. And that's, I just want to see it as a pure entertainment standpoint. Okay. Everyone would be talking about it every day. It'd be like Le'Veon Bell on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell taking a year off. You had Ricky Williams taking a sabbatical in his prime. I mean, this has happened before where guys have come back. It's not out of the question. Especially for a guy like Lamar, running back, you know what I mean? Oh, just, ki- just kidding, just oh, kidding. Man. I think Lamar is a good quarterback. That was just mm. unnecessary roughness by me. I'm so, sorry, Lamar. So going to the rest of my predictions, I think the Jets end up signing Jimmy Garoppolo, reuniting with Rob Sala, and I think that's the Jets firmly believe that they have a defense and they have good offensive weapons. Jimmy Garoppolo would be the guy to help them compete in the AFC. I think the Panthers draft Anthony Richardson at that spot in that uh, the first round, the uh, top 10 pick. I think the Bucks make a strong play to get Derek Carr, which I think he would be elite with those weapons and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, and a more healthy offensive line this year. They got to cut some pieces though, right? Because they're like forty million over the cap, I think, right now. Yeah, they can. There's a lot of workarounds for that. Uh, I, you know, I. There's a the thing about Derek Carr is he can pretty much fit into any system. He really can. It's it's kind of crazy the his his player profile. So I could He's really played for enough of them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the the Saints are are one that gets thrown around. I I think Carr would fit anywhere, but I think the Bucks would be ideal for him. And I think uh, the Texans go with Bryce Young. I think the Colts take C.J. Stroud. You know, it's so hard to predict the trading down and the trading up. I, I'm not going to sit here and predict, oh, so-and-so is going to move up and, and move back and whatever. I, I just can't do that right now. So those are where my predictions stand as of the moment. And I think the Raiders unfortunately signed Carson Wentz, Rich. I really oh, do. man, get the booby prize on this. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible the Raiders get left out in the dust here. And it's like, I don't know, you've got McDaniels, you've got Zeigler, they need to do something. You've just gotten rid of Derek Carr and you have no plan behind it. Oh, it's embarrassing. I, I think the Rodgers goes back to the Packers. Uh, it just doesn't make yeah. sense for him to go to any other team. He's got too much money on the table to retire. It's... Sucks for Jordan Love, but it is what it is. Derek Carr going from the Raiders to the Bucks. It's one pirate logo to another. That might be the most uh, consistency he's had in his career thus far. <laughs> he's following Gruden's career path, right? Right, right. Yeah, he will, maybe he'll win a Super Bowl. Hopefully get the Super Bowl, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with that. Um, and I'm obviously, Hendon Hooker is, is a hot topic in the draft. You know, I feel like, okay, Anthony Richardson's been – jumping up the draft boards recently, I feel like it's only a matter of time for that happens to Hendon Hooker. And think about Lamar Jackson when he got drafted. He sort of flew up the draft boards, but people were not sold on him, right? That's why he fell. And, of course, falls into a good system 
And it's like, oh my gosh, we got we found the prize of the draft. Uh, I think that could be similar with Hennon Hooker. He's a good college quarterback. He's got a good physical profile. Um, I don't know why he's getting dogged as, as opposed to the, you know, like Anthony Richards. I don't think Anthony Richardson is a 20, 30 pick better guy than Hendon Hooker. Um, so either Richardson's getting overvalued or Hooker is getting undervalued, but I could definitely see Hooker moving up the draft board in that first round. I'm glad you brought that up, Stephen, because I was just watching some Hendon Hooker highlights today, and I think I fell in love with the guy. He's uh, The reason why he's dropping is because of the ACL, but he'll be back in June is what he said his timeline is uh, to full speed. And then he's also 25 years old, so he's on like the Brandon Whedon age of drafting a quarterback. So I think that's the two reasons. But the guy is a Richardson, I think, is like a 56, 58 percent completion percentage guy for the last two years. Hooker is a 67 to 69 percent completion yeah. percentage guy. Similar p- profile um, in terms Always. of physical traits. and has gotten a whole lot more reps than a lot of the other uh, quarterbacks not named Stroud and Young. So he's a guy to watch. I, I like those second round quarterbacks that get fit into or late first that get fit into a good system. And he just might be the guy this year. They got Will Levies or uh, yeah, I think Levis is how you would pronounce it. They got him going in the early first round and he threw what, like eight touchdowns this year. What a joke. The fact wow. that, People have the Raiders drafting him at seven is an absolute crime. I just cannot see that happening under any circumstance. <laughs> It'd be bad. Really, really, really bad. It would make me cringe. It would make me cringe for sure. It might make me puke. I would throw up. <laughs> I love I love how every like strong arm white guy now is just immediately Josh Allen. That's just immediately the archetype they throw him into. He's the next Josh Allen. Yeah, but he threw eight touchdowns and 14 picks last year. That's just crazy. We have this guy in our group chat that says that Lamar Jackson is washed and that he's, you know, done for at age, what, 26. And you've got a guy Hendon hooker coming off a torn ACL and he's 25. And we're talking about, Oh man, he's coming on up. And it's like, I, I don't get some of these arguments um, and trying to project the future with, you know, some of these uh, uh, draft prospects for sure, but you know, then calling Lamar washed. I, I don't know. We don't need to go there though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the comparison there is like Lamar for forty five million or Hooker for like a late first, early second round for four years. I don't know. That that would be the comparison. But yeah, some spicy group chat text yeah. about Lamar in the past few months. We get a hooker in Vegas. It wouldn't be the first. So let me tell you that. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Rich, do you have anything else on the, the, these quarterback moves and, and whatnot? I are coaching or anything before we move on to the, the next segue. Uh, wanted to throw in a couple more teams in there. I don't know if they're looking immediately, but the Titans and the Patriots, you know, you got Tannehill and Mac Jones. And I think those are a couple more teams that are thrown into the equation there where, you know, and, and despite the reports coming out of Miami, I just, I can't bank on two of being the long-term answer there. I don't know with the, with the concussions, unfortunately, I, I love Tua. you know, wa- loved watching them in college and in early development in the pros proven doubters wrong. But, you know, those couple of hits that he took last year and just the fumbling of the medical staff in Miami, I feel like, has kind of put him behind the eight ball here, unfortunately, for the rest of his career. And just reminded me a little bit of Steve Young back in the 90s and took a few big hits. Lefty scrambler, you know, doesn't really protect himself all too, too well, but wants to make the play. Um, I, I see too, too many similarities there. And Steve Young, unfortunately, went through eight or nine concussions or documented before he had to you know, hang them up. But um, I'm just not sold on Miami either. That's a good point, Rich. They're they're always flirting around with different quarterback names in the market. So they're, uh, they're a name to, or they're a team to watch. That's for sure. To his health is, and also ability is, is a big question mark in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I thought he proved some of that, you know, answered some of those questions last year when healthy, but um yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a little bit on the frail side, for sure. Yeah, yeah. he got he got power bombed hard a few times last year. It was sad to see, regardless of how you feel about him as, as a quarterback. Yeah, I I do think those are good teams to bring up. 
Vrabel's endorsed Tannehill. I think Tannehill is a, a fine fit for this year for the system, get him healthy and, and try to make another run at it. I, I, I think there are a couple teams waiting in the, in the reins a little bit. I think the Saints, frankly, they don't want to do this, but they're okay with rolling out Andy Dalton for a year and, and just see what happens. You know, it's some teams are just not in position to contend. And, you know, Geno Smith is going to make some money this year for Seattle and maybe help them get to the next level. They're not going to win a Super Bowl with him, but maybe he's that guy that elevates them to the next level, despite the amazing year that he had. Uh, Steven, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but you brought it up. Like, there's probably 20 teams in the league that, you know, need that don't have their quarterback for the next five years. Like, they don't have their franchise guy. It's an unbelievable amount of teams this, uh, these last maybe two or three years that have gone from, you know, like the Brady, the Rodgers are getting old, the Breeze is gone, Rivers is gone, Eli's gone, Peyton's gone, like Big Ben just retired. It's all those guys that were staples. Now all those teams have not found their franchise guy. So now we have went from about, it seemed like 10 teams a year that needed a franchise quarterback either next year or the year after. And now it seems like three quarters of the league almost needs that. So you got Goff, you got, all these, Gino, you got all these bridge quarterbacks who are good enough, but you know they're not going to win a Super Bowl. So it's just crazy. Yeah. Good points. Good points. Um, what do you guys think of the NFL honors? Are you happy with the Hall of Fame class? Anybody you were hoping to see get in? Steven, we were texting. I feel like that whole list of nominees should have and could have gotten in, but obviously it can't happen. But um what was it? who was it out of the modern era guys it was like ronde barber joe thomas zach thomas and Darrell am i missing Reeves. anyone oh revis obviously well well deserved with revis and joe thomas obviously but i mean shoot there's eight other guys that got left off that should be hall of famers it seems like there's a log jam at the top definitely definitely a log jam at the top there might need a few years to kind of settle all that out. I mean, I think we still have, um, you know, Torrey Holt kind of sitting out there, Andre Johnson. You know, a few those receivers, man. Yeah, yeah, those receivers are tough. Then you got, like, Patrick Willis, my favorite. You got um, is Julius Peppers coming up on the ballot next year. You got Allen uh, in this year, maybe. Jared. Yeah, man, it's, there's it's a lot insane. of good players. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Thomas, though, um, clutching it out on the Cleveland Browns for so many years and, you know, getting his Hall of Fame honors for sure. Um, monster left tackle. All-time Madden team for sure. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a brick wall. <laughs> All right, so we got some some fun trivia for you guys. Did, who was the last, I guess, the last active pro for the Montreal Expos that was drafted. <laughs> I, I'll let you, I'll let you take a guess, Rich. I already know um, the answer. Vlad Guerrero, I would imagine. Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the last he was drafted pro. in like 90, 95 out of high school, maybe. 1995 oh out of high school as a as a left handed hitting catcher. 18th round, 507th overall pick. Exposed 18th to. round for a guy with a football scholarship, especially back then when it was like 70 rounds of baseball draft. That's an impressive. He must have been a really good player in high school. He was. He Probably was. San Mateo. He hit. Yeah, San Mateo, same high school as Barry Bonds. Yep. He, he they thought he was going to follow in his footsteps. Uh, he hit 311 with eight homers and two varsity seasons. He reportedly hit a home run at the Mariner stadium with a wooden bat. Uh, so he had, he had the power. He obviously had the arm. Uh, there's some people thought he would be the, one of the greatest catchers ever. Uh, but uh, obviously, you know, he made the, the right decision. Uh, the cool thing about that draft, there were quite a few players behind him that got taken. And uh, that was Mike Lowell. I was drafted by the Yankees in the 20th round. Uh, Gabe Kapler was drafted in the 57th round. Aaron Miles, Brian Fuentes got drafted. Um, so th there were some some funny ones in there. And, and even better, 
there were seven future NFL players drafted by MLB teams that year. And uh, one of them, which is I thought is great that you brought him up earlier, Rich, is was Ricky Williams was drafted in the eighth round. No kidding. Had no eighth clue, round. No clue that he was that good at baseball. That's uh, incredible! Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, it's always been an intriguing topic: these two-sport or multi-sport athletes. And I know we don't do it anymore in the day of uh, uh, sports specialization, but. You know, just the guys, you know, Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. It's great to see, you know, that uh, Tom Brady had these chops and Ricky Williams had these chops. And maybe if we had a different sports landscape today, we might be able to, you know, see that, you know. Yeah, I mean, Kyler, Jameis Winston, there's there's a few guys recently, but it's definitely few and far between. Wilson and, and Kaepernick were showed prowess. Um, oh, yeah. Lawyer Malloy. Brady's teammate at the beginning of his career was drafted in the 19th round that year. Obviously made an appearance on the uh, the, the Tom Brady's show. Uh, wow. Which, by the way, this broadcast is also brought to you by Nerd Wallet. For all your money questions, turn to the nerds. Uh, <laughs> and Dante Culpepper was drafted in the 26th round. So there were there were a lot of just a just a fun draft. The the 95 draft was unbelievable. Okay, uh, Tom Brady was the last pro to be playing. But who was the last actual baseball player expo to be drafted and play in the league? That's the question. I know, Rich, you threw out Vlad Guerrero. Do we have any other guesses? Do we get a – is he a pitcher or a hitter? Can we get a hint? Because I really have no idea. He's a hitter. Drafted in 2004, which was really the last expo's draft. Well – Oh, I think it was because 05. They uh, were the Rich, you have any other guesses? I might. might uh, have it. I'm, I'm gonna. Know. I'm gonna guess uh, Ryan Zimmerman, somebody like that. Yeah, that was that was my guess as well. Okay. Good guess, but the correct answer was Ian Desmond. Damn! <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Last Expo to be playing in the league. Uh, he played from. He just. Stopped playing in 2019. So, you know, one of the more recent guys played for the nationals for quite a few years, obviously he's a pretty good player. So I I just had to, had to throw those, those fun trivia out there. Joe random's trivia. There's no gimmies uh, when it comes to this, there's no gimmies. (laughs) No, sure. Hey, while we're on, while we're on the topic of trivia, I have my, uh, Joe's random fact of the day before, uh, before I got to get off here, but, so the fact is, it's relating to the Cook brothers, the running back brothers, um, obviously Dalvin and James Cook. Dalvin's full name is Dalvin James Cook, and James's full name is James Dalvin Cook. <laughs> no what? joke. You can look it up. That's uh, Their parents got creative with their names, and uh, that's what I they would went say with. so. <laughs> I mean, that's as brotherly as it gets right there. Wow. Yeah. D- DJ or uh, DJ. Yeah, DJ and JD. There you go. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. And and by the way, this just in, we're, we're on the, the Tom Brady. So drafted by the Expos in 95, he will have a card in this year's Bowman Draft baseball product, and there will be an autograph. This is going to be a crazy, crazy buy. What uh, picture do they use? Well, there's a <laughs> there's this the Photoshop the Photoshop catcher's gear one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's nuts. Where uh, can I get my NFT? Where can I get my uh, collectible here? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. Well, I know we're we're almost done, Matt. You got to take off. Yeah, it was uh, good talking to you guys. Rich, always good having you on. Um, and uh, to the listeners, I'll, uh, I'll see you guys soon. Cool. Thanks, right on, Matty Eyes. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll finish up with, with you, Rich. Uh, just a couple things. I hate February, man. I just think it's the worst sports month of the year. I'm, I'm happy we're done. We're, we're moving into March. Spring's around the corner. March Madness, baseball, NBA playoffs. February was just so dull for me every year. (laughs) 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you don't have much. You got that weird NBA all-star break in the middle of it where, I, I don't know, the competition for the game itself is not that great. But, you know, the theatrics around it with the three-point contest, uh, Mac McClung in the slam dunk contest was actually pretty good this year. That, that wasn't so bad. But usually that's a dud as well. You know, and I don't know. I don't know. If you get off on the skills competition, cool. But uh all-star game is kind of a dud, so it kind of throws a little wrench into the February plans there. And, you know, it's just cold weather and kind of mucky outside. And, yeah, just, you know, can't wait for spring and new grass to grow and baseball to start here coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, they do a good job with the NBA All-Star game. It's probably one of the better All-Star game festivities out of the major four sports. But at the same time, I'm really not that engaged in, anymore, at least, Uh yeah, like you said, if you get off to the skills competitions, good for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I think MLB does it best uh, for the all-star game, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can't really fake a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, you know? Right. We talked about that. Uh, who, you, Since we're there, do you have a front-runner for the NBA right now? Maybe like a West and an East? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, it, it seems like it's Denver and everybody else, but until they get to the postseason and prove it, I'm not going to believe it really. Uh, Phoenix is probably coming out of the West. I'll take Boston for the East. And I'll say that Boston, Tatum and Brown finally break through and Danny Ainge's master plan finally comes into fruition and they finally get one there in Boston. Yep. Hopefully we're playing that sound bite in a, in a little bit. Actually, hopefully we're not. Hopefully the Warriors win. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, hovering at 500 again, like the Washington Commanders, but um, a little bit more hope there with Steph Curry coming back. Uh, what's your take? quick take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm still holding out hope for the Warriors, of course, for multiple reasons. I, I hope Curry gets back in time and and I, I just... <sighs> I, I don't believe in this. I just really don't believe in the, the KD super team move. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a mystery of he's not going to be able to win one without Curry on his team. I feel like it's going to be one of those uh, narratives. Uh, I don't like Chris Paul. I don't think he'll ever win. And, uh, you know, Jokic has a lot to prove, but he's a one-man show. And, and I, I just don't think that's sustainable in a seven-game series. You might be able to slow him down. Uh, and, 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 but I, I, yeah. So I, I think, I think when it comes to the West, you know, it's, it's still wide open and that's why I think the Warriors can take advantage of that. All you need to do is get in. I'll take clay and Draymond and Looney and Curry and hopefully Wiggins on any starting five in the NBA. I think uh, they've proved it here earlier this season that they're the best starting five when they're starting. It's just that bench unit and that gets shored up a little bit in the postseason. So maybe they can, um, you know, make some noise there. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the Celtics pick in the East. I, I think they, they did it last year. They got, and I think there's no reason why they can't get back. Uh, obviously the, the bucks are going to challenge them. Uh, Giannis is an animal in the playoffs. But I, I do agree with you. I think Tatum makes a big case here for being a top dog in the league. I've got a solid team around him, too. Yeah, Tatum, I know you're hoping that that MVP uh, bet pulls through for you there. But uh, Jokic, I don't know. The way they're talking, it looks like that's on lock almost with the triple doubles. What is he now, 30-0 and 0 when he gets a triple double? Just ridiculous. Stat yeah. matter, though. Stat yeah. matter. <laughs> uh by the way you see that uh netflix movie adam with adam sandler hustle i haven't seen that yet no no i gotta see Bo cruz i've got to see that one still yeah such a good movie uh adam sandler i think was nominated for an award for that it's such a such a well done job into scouting in the nba very entertaining to watch uh Bo cruz is the fictional character and he was uh, actually portrayed by Juancho Hernan Gomez. That's so right. true NBA guy. It was, it was cool. It, it, it had an authentic feel to it. And of course, a lot of stars, including Kenny Smith, had a, had a pretty big role in that movie. Uh, I mean, they had, they had a good NBA. Doc Rivers was in there. So they had guys. Uh, Anthony Edwards was a really good actor. I was surprised. So I, I, I do think it's a, it's a good one to watch. And it, it made me think of Hustle. And compared it to draft day for, you know, the, the Kevin Costner football movie. Okay. Okay. And it also made me think of trouble with the curve with uh, Clint Eastwood 
and the the baseball movie, and they were all they're all very scouting based. They're all centered around basically the coach slash the scout, and I think they did this on purpose. The guy's name is Bo. Every single one you have Bo Cruz, you had Bo <laughs> Callahan, and you had Bo Gentry. Bo Gentry couldn't hit the curve. Bo Callahan had nobody at his birthday party, but Bo Cruz was overlooked. And uh, it's it's just it's great. It's a uh, it's just funny what the sports did with that. <laughs> yeah, the sports writers had fun with that one for sure, and tying that all together. Yeah, it seems like you found a. Yeah, good theme there. Um, yeah, Bo knows. Bo knows baseball. Bo knows football. Bo knows it all, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, Rich, uh, it's always good having you. Any any last comments uh, before we break out? Ah, goodness gracious. I'm just hoping to defrost from this winter. Um, it's been a crazy, um, it's been a crazy cold chill. Um, hoping to get on out of this. Um, shout out to DK Metcalf who got an MVP at that. Uh, you know, I did watch the NBA celebrity all-star game and I was just wondering, I kind of wanted your quick take on this. Like what, what would have happened if he would have gotten injured going up for one of those dunks and coming down funny on his knee? It's like, he's in an exhibition contest hoops. Like how does that affect his, you know, Seattle contract? Oh man, that's you're Yeah. You're playing with fire. I'm sure they were cringing about that one. I'm sure they were cringing. That's really all you can say about it. <laughs> and as a Niner fan, I mean, could you, could you, uh, you know, were you, were you rooting for such an, outcome or do you not root for injury on other you know even for the seahawks i don't do that I, nah nah i can't good man good man I can't do that I, I i want seattle at their best so we can beat them at their best right 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 <laughs> oh and i never actually say their team name i only call them by seattle the seattle football franchise <laughs> yeah uh, all right, Rich. Well, congrats on winning our preseason picks and predictions. We had a fun, fun year following all of that. Right on. It's always great to jump on with you, Joe Randoms, and catch up. It's awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Joe Random Sports Network. You can follow Rich at the sport of it and listen to how he gets to the long and short of sports on his weekly most of the time uh <laughs> podcast so uh and yeah follow you know follow us on spotify on apple podcasts on google podcasts now you can find us anywhere so once again thank you guys and we'll see you next time